Hello, welcome to this Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Hope y'all enjoyed yesterday's show. We still have, we got some more news today about potential, you know, restart. Well, not restarting the season. Jeez, I still feel like it's August. About next season, we also got a report from Greg Wyzinski about potentially some new divisions, some realignment. Um, it looks like if this were to go through, the Penguins would be in a central division. We'll get to that um, later on in this segment. But, you know, there's a big quickie blog from Elliot Friedman's um, page last night. Pierre LeBron also reported on that today. I, I can just go – I'm going to try to go find it right now. So we're going to talk about this um, in the first segment. And then the second segment, we're going to do a season review of – Brian Russ season, you know, I figured we're just going to continue to do the wingers before we get to the centers. Um, we're going to do that, and then for the last segment, you know, maybe we'll do some mailback questions or we'll just all think of something else. But, you know, this was the big blog last night, you know, with the NHL negotiation development. So, um, remember, you guys remember when, you know, they ratified the CBA, they agreed to an extension, you know, the players can go to the Olympics, all that stuff. So, I think it, during this, they had to, the players had to defer, I think, 10% of their salaries or something like that. Um, but now the owners want another um, 16% deferral. So this would be, in total, this would be 26% deferral of salaries for this next season. Obviously, a lot of players are pretty upset about that. Again, guys, I will never understand why the owners have to be just such schmucks about this. Like, you're already getting the players to defer 10% of the salaries. Why do you need another 16% here? Like, oh, thoughts and prayers out to the owners who have so much fucking money. I mean, it's just, that's just, I think, a joke to me. Um, escrow is already capped at 20% next season with that number dropping to 6% in years four and five and six of the CBA. Um, you know, the idea, according to Elliot Freeman, was not received with great enthusiasm. Several players indicated via text that this is a non-starter with 16% deferrals and they don't even want to consider it. They are under the depression that the league is looking for, for an additional $300 million in savings. It's a sign that five months after the new agreement that the league is concerned about COVID-19 related shortfalls exceeding what was previously projected without fans, that 50-50 revenue split was tilt heavily towards the players. So, I mean, I just, with this situation, I just don't want it to be like baseball, you know, the union and the owners, you know, we saw how that played out this past season. I mean, honestly, before the season started, it was bad. I mean, that's, and that's not going to get better, you know, next year when they keep negotiating, um, there is a big war. I think that is going to happen between the union and the owners for baseball. Rob Manfred was not in good standing by a lot of fans, a lot of media. And, Gary Batman, I don't think you want to join uh, Rob Manfred in being just the, the 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 whipping boy. I guess is the word I should use for it. So I mean, you've already gotten the players to defer to defer ten percent of their salaries for next season. Why do you need to do sixteen more percent to make it up to twenty six percent? I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. Obviously, Donald Fair of the NHL PA and Gary Batman are going to look really hard at this. Um, Elliot, this was the big thing also from the report. I don't believe these developments jeopardize the 2020-2021 season. The players want to get going and so does Batman. But there's no doubt that, that this is as welcome to the unit as eight, as acne on prom night. I almost said ace, but acne on prom night, that's a hilarious reference. It's thrown a wrench in the works and the players are upset. If there's any hope to start January 1st, any agreement needs to be done by the end of November. The clock is ticking and we've got some new hurdles. I said yesterday, guys, in case you guys didn't listen, I don't think they're going to come into an agreement before the end of the month. You need to come to an agreement before the end of next week if you want to have a season um, starting January 1st. you got to get the players over from Canada, from Russia, 
somewhere out in Europe. I mean, hell, some could be in Asia. Like I said, some from Canada. You know, they got to be quarantined. They got to keep testing negative for the virus. That's why a late January start just makes so much more sense for the NHL's perspective because, you know, like how is COVID going to be at that time? Is it still going to be spiking two months from now? If it's not, maybe you allow some fans into your arenas. And also you can just dominate the TV ratings during that weekend before the Super Bowl with NBC Sports Network and NBC. You can put four games on Saturdays and four games on Sundays and that will just be absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I think that's the best case scenario for the NHL. So, I mean, if you want to have training camp in a month, you bet and start the season January 1st, you better come to your game and, and, you know, get off this ask of another 16% deferrals for the players because I think this is just, it's ridiculous. I think there was a tweet from SB Nation's um, Oilers site today. Let me find this. So, and he says, copper and blue, an additional 16% would mean the league is now asking the players to defer 26% of their salary in advance of next season. The two sides agreeing on a 10% deferral. What the hell is Nanchel doing here? How is this so unprepared that it has to renegotiate this not even six months later? Again, I agree. I don't know why the league and the owners have to do this. I mean, they just agreed to a new CBA, you know, which is, that's big for them because they always usually take each other to lockouts as we've seen a couple times over the years. So the fact that they're now already back to being pissed off at each other, it's just not a good sign. Hopefully they can get over these hurdles. Hopefully the league can stop being just, I mean, the league, the owners can stop asking for another 16% of deferrals. You know, it's just ridiculous. I'm taking the player's side on this one. I don't think they should have to defer 26% of their salaries for next season, even when we're on a pandemic. So that's basically my thoughts on that. Then the other thing that came up today um, that a lot of people have been talking about. So Greg Wajinski of ESPN, he put from from today's column, this is what I'm hearing for potential divisions for the NHL's next season. So obviously there will be a Canada division. Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg. I mean, that's expected. I don't think a lot of the Canadian teams are going to be allowed to cross the border. So then this is where it gets interesting. So for the East division, he's hearing it'll be Boston, Buffalo, Carolina, New Jersey, both New York teams, Philadelphia, and Washington. Obviously, guys, the big one being out of there is Pittsburgh. You know, they're usually, you know, well within the Eastern Conference. So then then the Central Division, Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Tampa Bay. Um, My thoughts on this, I would actually be all for the Penguins being in like a Central Division kind of thing. It makes sense. Travel-wise, I mean, Pittsburgh to Columbus is, what, three hours? Chicago to Pittsburgh. I mean, it, it, obviously, it's further, but it's not as far as some of those other ones. Pittsburgh to Detroit. I think that's – I don't know how long of a drive that is, but I know it's driving distance, and I would love to play the Red Wings a lot more often. Florida, the Florida teams being in there, that's kind of weird. I would consider them in the Eastern Conference, but, you know, also when you have Boston, Buffalo, Carolina, and all them in there, I mean, I guess it makes sense to – have Florida and Tampa in the central though. I would maybe sub out Florida and put Buffalo in the central just because Buffalo is in Western New York and Pittsburgh's in Western Pennsylvania. So that one's kind of weird to me. Um, Nashville being in the central again, that's nothing out of the ordinary St. Louis being in there. That's nothing out of the ordinary, but you know, it would, this would just be cool for the penguins. I mean, well, one, I think this was a great tweet today from Jeff uh, of Penn's blog. If I can go, um, find this, I think I responded to it. I didn't, um, I didn't retweet it, but I know, guys, great podcast content here. Uh, the Pens instantly going back to being the second-best team in their division is not going to go over well for the rigged NHL Twitter, who always loves to say that 
the NHL rig stuff for the Penguins, which is always hilarious. I mean, yeah, guys, out of the teams that I mentioned, I mean, they can finish above Chicago, the Penguins, of course. They can finish above Columbus, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, St. Louis. I mean, obviously, I think Tampa Bay is going to win that division, but I think Pittsburgh can easily get second in that division, even with you know, some of the moves they made this offseason that, you know, weren't well-liked, I would say, by the fans. So I think that would be a good division for the Penguins. It's something new, which is what the NHL needs. Um, I, I don't. I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, we don't want to get to play the Capitals and the Flyers. We don't get to play our biggest rivals. Eh, I can go a season without it. I'm kind of over the Penguins and Capitals matchup at the times. I don't need to see Tom Wilson deliberately try and injure a Penguin player. I'm kind of over him at this point, you know. Um, same with the Flyers. I don't need to just watch them beat up on the Flyers all the time because they, they, for the last few years, they've had the Flyers number and it usually, it is fun to beat the Flyers, don't get it wrong, but you know, I kind of, you know, I want the Penguins Red Wings rivalry to come back a bit. I like when they play Nashville because, you know, that was starting to develop into something and I want the Penguins to beat up on the Blackhawks a lot more just because the Penguins have just had a really bad time beating the Blackhawks for whatever reason um, for like the last five, ten years. But still, you know, I would really appreciate, you know, if the NHL did a, something like this. And like I said, guys, it's new. The, the NHL needs something new. I'm kind of tired of these divisions anyway, you know, the, the playoff. And I think this would be a new playoff format too. You know, seed them one through eight, you know, Central, West, whatever, East, Canada, East, you know, just seed them one through eight and then just have your playoffs. I mean, I, that's honestly probably what you're going to have to do. Or, you know, if you want to just do 16 teams, just seed them one through 16, then you, you'll have something more fun and it's even more new. And then the West Division, Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, Vegas, San Jose, Minnesota, Los Angeles. The one that's on there that's interesting is Minnesota. I would not expect them to be in the West. I thought they would be in the Central with Pittsburgh. You know, maybe take out one of the Florida teams, put them in the – or honestly just take out Buffalo, put one of the Florida teams in the East, put Buffalo in the Central, and then put Minnesota um, in the Central too. But I'm not really sure. You know, some of these teams I don't think belong – in these respective divisions, but you know, this is all just, what's the word I'm looking for here? Maybe fluid, I guess. We have no idea if this is actually going to happen, but you know, it's good to see that there are some ideas being um, poked around in league circles, and I think uh, people would like this new realignment. Well, most people would, but I know, I understand why some people would also not like it, just because of the no, no more rivalries, you know, Penguins, Flyers, Penguins, Capitals. I still would want them to do the MLB-style series kind of thing, you know, two games back-to-back, -back or two games Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday, Saturday, something like that. I think that would be very beneficial to the NHL as well, and I hope for this season with the TV schedule, they actually show a lot more games on NBC and NBC Sports Network, just because, well, it is the final year of their TV deal, and if they want to go back to NBC, they should really make NBC just show a lot more of their games, because I'm sure they're going to have another um, channel potentially take some of the rights away from NBC. But before we do get to our season review for Brian Ross, it is time to talk about Built Go. It's a healthy replacement for your energy drinks. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Go every day. You can put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You can put in your golf bag to power through the back nine. You can put it in your pocket to get through the day. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it is better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. There's three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. There is an offer. You can go visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hody. So let's get into the Brian Ross season review. Um, obviously, this was his best season of his NHL career. I mean, just basically was on pace for, what, 40 goals? 
finished with 27 goals on the season in 55 games with 56 points as a point per game player. You know, but I think the big thing, well, the, one of the biggest part of this was, you know, his shooting percentage was just ridiculously high. Um, I'm trying to find what his shooting percentage was for the season. So, guys, 17.9% this season, according to Hockey Reference. Um, that is well above his average. His average for his career is 12.4%. The season before that, when he had 18 goals, it was 12.8%. The season before that, in 2017 18, 10.6%. And then in 2016 17, he shot 13.6%. Um, so, I do not expect his shooting percentage to be almost 18% for, a, for next season, even if it's 60 to 65 games. I think that is very wishful thinking. Um, he just would score goals in bunches. I think he has the ability to be a 25 to 30 goal scorer consistently in this league, but it's not going to come at the cost of shooting 18%, you know, for his shooting percentage. That was just a big outlier. We expect that to come down, but I do expect him as well to be a 20 goal scorer um, for this team next season. But overall, you know, his underlying numbers for the season, 51% possession, um, his uh, chances for chances again, 758, even strength 732 chances against so him. He played over eight, almost 800 minutes overall at 5v5. Um, his goals for percentage was 59%. That is also a career high. Um, his expected goals percentage, 55%. That is uh, t uh, his third career, uh, best for his career, 56% in 2017-18. Scoring chances for 384. Scoring chances against 327. Again, you know, that comes with playing on Evgeny Malkin's uh, line with Jason Zucker. He played with Malkin, though, well before Zucker came into the fold. They were just so men together. It was just outstanding. You know, his scoring chances for percentage, you know, 54%. Um, that's third best for his career. His uh, high danger chances for versus high danger chances against 159 to 128. His high danger chances for percentage, 55.4%. Um, high danger goals for versus goals against 32 to 23. Um, he was just an absolute menace. Every time he would step on the ice, guys, he was contributing offense. That That's basically what these numbers mean. If you guys are not familiar with uh, stats or natural stat trick or just, you know, advanced analytics in general. In simple terms, he was just creating offense every time he stepped on the ice with the, with the Evgeny Malkin line. He was just outstanding this, this past season, easily the best season of his career. And he's also coming off a fresh contract extension, and he's not making a lot of money. If I, my memory serves me right, he's making $3.5 per season. I can actually look that up real quick um, on Cap Friendly. I think it was a four-year deal for $3.5 per. I'm just checking that right now just to be sure. Um, yeah, so he's under contract for, uh, yeah, so two more seasons at 3.5 million per, he signed that deal in 2018-19, so his contract will be up after the 2021-2022 season, so, I mean, that's great value for what he brings to the lineup, especially if he's a 20-25 to 25 goal scorer for this team. I remember when some people kind of like scoffed at that contract. Oh, well, you're paying almost like $4 million for Brian Russ. Well, you know, he was, he was worth that and much more last season. I'll, I'll give you that. But, you know, in regards to what I think is going to happen next season from Brian Russ, obviously he's going to be playing on an Evgeny Malkin's wing the whole time. I mean, that's just, that's not a question. Um, but production-wise, I'm going to go... 20, 25 goals. I'm going to maybe lean on the, the caution side, though. Maybe 22 goals, 22 assists for about 44 points next season in 60-something games. I don't think he's going to be a point-per-game player like he was last season. And he's definitely not going to be shooting 18%, like I said just a few minutes ago. Um, the numbers are definitely going to come down a bit. But I see him as a 20-goal scorer for this team next season. And I see him on the second power play as well. And he can jump onto the first power play if need be. Obviously, the first power play is going to be Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, Chris Letang, 
And, well, you know, you could make a case to put Brian Russ on that top power play. But I could also see the team putting Kasperi Kapanen on that top power play as, like, a, another sniper on the wall where Phil Kessel was. I could totally see them doing that. But if not, you know, I could definitely see Brian Russ going on the top power play. But he will be getting power play minutes no matter how you spin it. But that's just how I see him going into next season. Again, just a wonderful season. He was also a player that actually showed up for the Penguins in the return to play. He had one goal and three points in the four games. Also, you know, analytically wise, his chances for versus his chances against 59 to 50. His possession number is 54%. Um, scoring chances for, scoring chances against 30 to 20. Scoring chances for percentage, 60%. I mean, high danger, it was even 12 to 12. But like I said, he was one of their best players during that four games. And, you know, there weren't many good players for the Penguins during that four game series. So the fact that he was one of their best ones, you know, just speaks volumes to how good he was this past season. So that's basically all I have to say about Brian Russ' season. Coming up in our next segment, we, there will be some Sam Poulin talk as uh, King Clarky alerted to me some stuff during the World Junior Championships training camp. And of course, the World Junior Championships are going to take place next month and into January. So stay tuned for some Sam Poulin talk. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hody. So earlier today, uh, King Clarky, I've tried to get him to come on this podcast. He will not for um, various reasons, but it's okay. We still love Clark a whole lot. Uh, apparently, he alerted me, Tyler, and Doug. Both have been on this podcast that Poulin was getting some top-line reps in with Quentin Byfield and Peyton Krebs of Team Canada at the World Junior Championships. Um, that's just, that's flat awesome. Obviously, Quentin Byfield was drafted number two overall by the Los Angeles Kings in the draft, and by uh, Peyton Krebs was taken um, 17th overall by the Vegas Golden Knights. I totally honestly forgot which team he went to. That just goes to show how caught up I am with prospects and stuff. But still, you know, the fact that Poulin is getting top-line reps with two of the best prospects to come out of that draft, I mean, that's just Nothing short of extraordinary. I said it yesterday. If you guys did not listen, I do really think Poulin is going to make this team out of training camp. And will he get an everyday lineup spot? Who knows? As that cast and Reese is hurt, that bodes well for his chances, I think. But, you know, they may play Evan Rodriguez on a full-time basis. I mean, especially because they brought him back on a one-year deal. But if he does stink it up a bit and the coaches aren't happy with him, I could definitely see them just putting Poulin on the third line with McCann. You know, I think he would bring more offense to that third line than Rodriguez would. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see if he makes the team. I'm really excited for him. I mean, Poulin, Byfield, and Krebs, I mean, that's one of the best lines in the World Junior Championships, if not the best line overall, honestly. I mean, I don't think you can find a line that's better than that one. And I was also alerted to a quote from uh, Hendrix Lapierre, who, of course, went to the Washington Capitals. He's battled a lot of injuries throughout his career. And Clark was actually a big proponent. You know, he wanted the Penguins to draft him. I also was high on Lapierre. He spoke about Sam Poulin at the uh, World Junior Championship training camp. He said he's he's been one of the most dominant guys in the queue since I've been in the league. He's so powerful, so strong, so big, and he's not just physical. He can move. Every time I have the chance to play with him instead of against him, I will do it. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to see a lot of each other once both of them are on the their respective NHL rosters, and I'm sure they're going to hate playing against each other just because they have, like, a mutual respect for each other, and they're just absolutely so good and fun to watch. So, yeah, pretty high praise there from LaPierre. And I'm honestly just really excited to watch these World Junior Championships just to watch Poulin play. I watch them at times, you know, but I'm really, I think, going to be glued to my TV the most I've ever been for a World Junior Championship for this year just so I can watch him play and, you know, watch Byfield, watch Peyton Krebs, just watch everyone on Team Canada play just because, like, that team is just so freaking stacked in so many ways. 
I mean, they're obviously the favorites to win the World Junior Championships at this point. And um, just one more thing before I uh, call this an episode for you guys. I was listening to uh, the 412 Sports Talk with uh, Chad and Eddie. You know, they do a great job on that podcast. Uh, shout out to them. If you guys listen to this podcast, you know, you guys do a hell of a job. The guests you bring on are great. I'm going to hopefully try and have DK on here at some point as well. But, you know, definitely go listen to that podcast, guys. He, they both do a great job. You know, he, uh, Chad was talking about the uh, the Red Wings reverse retro jerseys, which are just utterly terrible. He gave them an F-. And the comparison that he made for them was just so great. He said it was basically like the epitome of turning in a homework assignment during homeroom or honestly like during the period when it's due. Like you're basically just like doing it right in front of the teacher acting like she won't notice. And that's the best compare. That's like the best analogy for it just because that jersey is just so bad and like they really didn't do anything to it and they were just like okay we'll just do this like last minute and we'll just try out a jersey or whatever so you know I thought that was a great comparison he has other great takes about the jerseys on that podcast so please go listen to that I just wanted to bring that up for you guys um, towards the end of this episode so Again, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. We'll another episode coming tomorrow. And then next week, we will have three episodes during Thanksgiving week. And then the week after that, once we start December, I'm not sure if we'll still be at three episodes. We could go to five if we find out if there's going to be a season starting January 1st. But I will let you all know that as soon as I get that information. But for now, we'll have another episode coming tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Hope you all have a great rest of your night.